Welcome to a Calvary Montclair Sermon Podcast. It is our desire that you will learn of Jesus, grow in Jesus, and share Jesus with other people. Service times are on Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. and on Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. For addresses and directions, please visit our website, www.cmontclair.com. We pray that you are blessed by the teaching of God's Word by Pastor Joe McTarsney. Reading verses 9 through um, 19 out of the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Verse 9, Paul says, For I am the least of the apostles who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace towards me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. Therefore, whether it was I or they, so we preached and so you believed. Now, if Christ is preached, and he has raised from the dead. How do some amongst you say there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. Yes, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ whom you did not raise up if in fact the dead do not rise. For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile, and you still in your sins. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are all men the most pitiable. Well, if you would turn um, your attention back to verse Nine, and we're going to see. We're going to see um, Paul's first point that he gives to the Corinthians, and what Paul's going to be um, sharing in this in this portion of Scripture. Paul's going to be pointing out seven seven um, pointers, seven pointers to the Corinthians to consider. He wants them to consider. He wants them to think about. He wants them to consider truth. And it's always important to to bring people to truth and have them consider it. So we're going to see in verse nine the first um, truth that Paul wants them to consider. And Paul points out that he persecuted the church of God. Notice that with me in verse 1. For Paul writes, For I am the least of the apostles who am not worthy to be called an apostle because, notice, I persecuted the church of God. Paul is one, and he admits, he, and he brings it out there and puts it out there on the table, and he says that I have persecuted the church of God. And we know that he did, according to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 26, verse 11. Acts 26, verse 11 says, Many a time I went from one synagogue to another to have them punished, and I tried to force them to blaspheme. In my obsession against them, I even went to foreign cities to persecute them. So Paul was a person. Paul was a person that always remembered where he came from. He was one that, that never forgot his testimony, and, and he knew what he did to the church of God. And yet what I love about Paul is that he doesn't stay stuck in the past. He doesn't stay stuck in the past and stay in, in, in a state of condemnation. But, but what he has done is he has embraced God's forgiveness. He embraced God's forgiveness and embraced God's um, grace over his life. And, and Paul was a persecutor, and he was a persecutor 
persecutor. Indeed, and he admits that, freely admits that. But now he's been transformed into a preacher. He was a persecutor and been transformed into a preacher. And he's one that just goes to the highways and byways and, and shares that, hey, God's grace and God's forgiveness is for, for all kind. It's for everyone. And he can transform a life. He transformed my life. And that was out and about. I want to persecute um, God's people, but God opened my eyes to truth. And I've been transformed. And I'm a changed person by the grace of God. And I want you to be a changed person too. And that, that's what Paul did. And, and I pray that we would be like a Paul. That we would say, you know, once upon a time, I, I was stuck in my sin. And, and maybe I persecuted um, the people of God. Or I persecuted my wife or husband or kids. And I was one that just hurt people. But God, by his grace, by his love, he's changed me. He changed my heart. My, 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 my words that I speak to, to people now, they're, they're words of love. Not words to cut people um, up. My, my heart's been changed. I don't have a bitter heart, an angry heart in this world, um, in myself anymore, but I have a soft heart. I have a loving heart. I have a, I have a gracious heart. And, and, and I'm just a changed person by the grace of God. And that was Paul's life. Paul was one that he knew what he did and he wasn't stuck in the past, but he moved forward in the grace of God. And I just pray, if, if you have committed a sin um, way back when, I pray that you wouldn't be stuck in that sin or stuck under the, the dark cloud of condemnation, but you will give up and then you will walk forward and praise God that he has forgiven you. He has forgiven you and rest in the forgiveness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Rest under the spout where his blessings come out. It's so important. If you confess that sin, he is just and faithful to forgive you of that sin. And he remembers it no more. As far as the east is from the west, he remembers it no more. In fact, if you confess that sin, and then um, a few minutes later, if you bring it up to the Lord, the Lord will be like, what are you talking about? You know, the, the Lord doesn't have memory of your sin. If you confess it. And, and so we live life as thankful people because of the grace of God. And that's how Paul lived his life. So he wanted the Corinthians to consider, to remember, hey, I was one that persecuted the church, but I became a preacher. I became one that will now speak about the grace of God. And so we see now that the second point that Paul wanted the Corinthians to consider in verse 10. The second point in verse 10, we see that Paul gave all the credit for the change of his life to the grace of God. He gave all the credit to the grace of God for the change within his life. Notice that with me in verse 10. Paul writes, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. By the grace of God, I am what I am. And the grace towards me, it's a grace towards him. It's not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. Which was with me. So Paul's radical conversion, Paul's radical change of life, he points to the grace of God. He points to, to, to God. And he doesn't look from within himself. Because a lot of times people say, oh, look down within yourself. And then you're going to find yourself. You know what? If I look down within myself, you know what I'm going to find? A sinner, a, a core person that, that is, is sinful. Because while I was in my mother's womb, according to Psalms 51 verse 4, I was conformed and I was formed with the sinful nature. I had a nature that was bent towards sin, bent towards wrong. And, and I needed a conversion. I needed to become a new creation in Christ Jesus. I, I, I needed God's love to, to melt my bitter and hard heart and win me over with his divine unconditional love. And it's by the grace of God that, that I've been saved, that you have been saved. And Paul will say, that's how I got saved too. And I give all the credit to, to God 
God, not to man. I gave all the credit from, from not looking in myself, but looking up to the Lord. And, and, it, and he changes life. And I'm here to submit this to you, that God is still in the business of changing lives. He wants to change your life. He wants to form you from, from, from glory to glory, from godliness to godliness. And one day you're going to get home. And so I would, I would encourage you, have grace with yourself. Have grace with yourself, knowing that what God started in your life, He is able and He's going to perfect you until you get to home, until you get to home to, to be with Him. And so this grace changed Paul's life. This, this grace was, was, was a concept that, that Paul fell in love with. I, I remember when I was in, in Bible college um, and one of our professors named Larry Taylor, he, he gave us a, a paper, paper to write and the first day when he handed out this, this syllabus and, and uh, it, it was a class in the book of Romans. And then uh, we had to write a, a, a 15 pager, 15 or 20 pager on the grace of God. And I, and I got that as a young 20 year old student. I thought, what? I can't write a 20 pager on the grace of God. And, I, and so when I turned it in, I think it was like 22 pages. Because when you fall in love with grace, like Pastor Chuck Smith wrote a book called Grace Changes Everything. It does change everything. We are saved by God's grace. We live in God's grace. As Paul said um, at the ending of verse 10, the grace which is with, with me. The, God's grace is constantly with you. And God's grace changes you. We've been justified. Justified means that just as you have never been you've sinned before because your, your sin's been forgiven. We've been sanctified. That's God's grace. God's conforming you. God's changing you. God, God's working in you. And God is so patient with you. Be patient with yourself. God is so patient with you. He just he, he moves these big giant rocks out of your life. And then he starts moving out the, the, the little pebbles out of your life, little by little. And he changes you. And so we are justified. We are sanctified. And then we're going to be glorified. Glorified means that you're heaven bound. You're, you're going to heaven. And all that is because of his grace. So Paul understood God's grace. And Paul understood God, God's love. And, 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 and Paul was one that said, I'm going to labor. I'm going to labor more than anyone else to further his gospel, to share his message that I want everybody to know about the grace of God. It's not fair. It's not right that I'm the only one that knows about this. Everybody needs to know about the grace of God. That was Paul's heart. And may we have that heart too. May we say, I, I want everybody in the city to know about God's grace. I want everybody in Montclair to know about it. I want everybody in Rancho Cucamonga to know about it. Everybody in Chino, Chino Hills, Fontana, you, you name the city, everyone in the state, everyone in this nation, everyone in the world has to know about the grace of God. Because the grace of God transforms life. And Paul was one that, that he dedicated his life to this message. And he, and he labored in love. In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14, Paul said, For it's the love of Christ that compels me. What motivated Paul's life, what made Paul um, to tick, what, what, what Paul's mission was, is to share the love and the grace of God. It motivated Paul's life. It motivated Paul's life. The word motivated means to, to provide someone with a reason for doing something. To provide someone with a reason for, for doing something. When, when Paul woke, woke up in the morning, it was about Jesus. When Paul lived his life in the, in the afternoon, it was about Jesus. When Paul went to bed at night in the, in the evening and went to bed at night, it was about Jesus. Jesus was his motivation. Jesus was everything about him. Paul said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain because I get to see him. I get to be with him. And so it was all about about Jesus, about him. It was all about him. If they had tattoos back in the day, he maybe had that had a tattoo. It's all about <laughs> Jesus. And that's what he was. He was just consumed with God's grace. He was consumed with God's love. 
And I just pray that you and I would be consumed with the grace of God, consumed with the love of God, consumed with the forgiveness of God, consumed with the mercy of God, consumed with the kindness of God. And if you're consumed with those attributes of God, your life will be radically changed as Paul's life was radically changed. And so what Paul did, he redirected his energy from hatred uh, he had for Jesus to loving him and sharing his message with other people. And, and I just pray that we be like Paul and just say, saying, I thank the Lord that he has changed a wretch like me and by the grace of God. And I don't take my, my salvation lightly. I know a ministry, um, uh, and I, I, as I come to church on Sunday mornings, I always passed it, um, called, called Victory Arch. You guys heard of Victory Arch ministry? Victory Arch. And you know what I, what I admire about Victory Arch ministry is that um, uh, they, they have a huge emphasis on people's testimonies. And, um, and, um, and people would always say, um, I, 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 thank the, I thank God for I used to be this. I used to be this, and now I'm not. And, and so what that tells me, because they put a big, big emphasis on people's testimonies, and I, I like testimonies, you know, that you, you, you learn how a person used to be, but they're radically changed now. Um, I think that's healthy to remember that I used to be a wrench. You know, I used to be a hurting person, a, a miserable person. I used to be a gang member. I used to be down with the hood, man. <laughs> I was an essay. You know, whatever, you know, I, w- I was a, a, a biker or, I, I, you know, I, whatever they did. <laughs> but, 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 but they know that they've been changed. And I pray that you will remember your testimony and know that you have been changed and, and God wants to do a work in your life. And so Paul was one. Paul was one that, that knew that God changed him and he was grateful to the Lord. In the book of 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12, Paul writes to his, his young son in the faith, Timothy, and he writes, Paul writes, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength, that he considered me faithful, appointed me to his service, even though once I was a blasphemer, I was a persecutor. I was a violent man. I was shown mercy because I acted, notice this, I acted in what? Ignorance and unbelief. But the grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ came into this world to save sinners of whom I am am worse. So Paul is one that knew the grace of God. Paul is one that knew that he did sin in ignorance. And and but God, through his mercy and through his grace, saved him. Oh, may may we use our energy to to serve the Lord now. Because there was a time, you know that time period that, that we use our energy to serve the devil, to serve Satan. Now may we serve the Savior. May we turn our energy now and serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We, there was a time where, where our energy was spent on worthless things. Now may our time and energy be turned on worthwhile things to, 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 to further his kingdom, to speak about the Lord Jesus Christ, to speak about God's goodness. And people will say, what do you want to talk about? And I could talk about sports. You want to talk about sports, but, but also too, I need to talk about the Savior because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And, and, and the Lord has consumed my heart and consumed my life. So it's truly about Jesus Christ and him crucified. And, and I get to be an ambassador for the Lord and I get to speak um, for him. Because I love him. I love him when, when I was lost. He came to save me. I love him because I was lonely. He came to be my friend. 
I was long, I was, I love him because I used to hit the bottle. And not physically hit it, but, you know, hit the bottle. And, you know, <laughs> but, but God, he, you know, he gave me a new wine to drink. You know, and I used to smoke and I used to do drugs and I used to do this and I do that. But God changed my life. God changed my life and I'm grateful. I'm just a grateful Christian. I'm grateful that he, he renewed my mind. He saved me from going to prison. And he won me over with his unconditional love. There's no strings attached. And I've been won over by the love of Jesus Christ. And so may, may we spend the rest of our life, and we have a short time here on earth, a very short time, and may that short time be used to, to further his kingdom. And know God wants to use you, by the way. You don't have to be a minister to say, oh, I can't be used by the Lord if I'm not a minister. You are a minister. Every member is a minister. And you've been equipped, and you just share your story. You share your story with other people. And, and that's a, a good way, a good approach to share with people. Just say, you know what? I understand. I used to do that. So no judgment, bro or, or sister. There's no judgment. And I used to be there. But I got to tell you, I'm not there anymore. And, and I'm just a living proof of, of the power of God. He changed me. He could change you too. And I love you so much. And I want you to see you change because the way you're living your life, you, you, it's not healthy whatsoever. Look what you're doing to yourself. Look what you're doing to your, your family. Look what's, come on, look what's, what's going on. And I care so much about you and I love you so much. And I wanted to share with you the truth. Please change. And, and you can change by the grace of God. Draw near to him, he'll draw near to you. And go to him and he'll go to you. Now the third um, point that Paul wanted the, the Corinthians to consider is that he was one and with others that they preached the gospel. He preached the gospel because their lives were changed. Notice with me in verse 11, Paul, Paul wrote, Therefore, whether it was I or others, I or others, so we preach and so you believed. Paul is saying that if it was even him or the other apostles, um, it doesn't matter who it was, but we preached. And, and I love it about both Paul and, and locking arms with his brothers. There's no competition between the preachers. Who was a better preacher? You know, if you're a Paul, if you're a Paulus, if you're a Cephas. Paul wasn't into that, that, that um, carnality. And when people do that, that's just simply carnality. And Paul was into furthering the gospel. Paul was into like, okay, what are you doing to further the gospel? What are you doing to win people to Jesus? What are you doing sharing the message? You know, we're spending our energy to divide. What are we doing to unite? You know, that's a real question to ask. And so Paul was one that knew that he had a, the opportunity to share the greatest message known to mankind. And, and they had an opportunity, so they united forces. And then they shared the greatest message to, to people. And this message, it burned deep within Paul's heart. Paul was compelled to do it. He said in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16, Paul said, in verses 9 through 16, Paul says, Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. In fact, the, the prophet Jeremiah said that it's shot up within my bones. I got to do this. I, I have to share this message. I, I need people to, to know about the Lord. And, and I have to do it. If, if I don't, who will? Who will if I don't? I have to do it. And know, know that the baton of the faith, the baton of this message has been passed to us. It has been passed to us from, from the lips of Jesus Christ to, to the disciples, to, 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 to um, the, the church um, historians, and now to us. The baton has been passed to us. And we need to run in our lane and share the message by word and by deed to other people. And, and we have opportunities to do so. 
And I know sometimes it can be a little intimidating, like, okay, like, what do I say? Like, what do I do? Do I, like, just kind of randomly go up to someone and say, oh, by the way, uh, you're a sinner, you need Jesus, or you're going to go to hell? <laughs> you know, you don't have to do that. I mean, you can. I don't think that, was, that would work. Um, they may hit you, <laughs> throw their chakra at you. But, you know, w- one way is that... Um, we're providing those cards to you. Just hand it to them. Just say, I just want to give you this card. We have an opportunity. Just please read it. And the gospel messages on the card, videos, and like, well, if you have questions about um, Jesus and Christianity, there's a bunch of videos. Watch it um, at your convenience. Boom. And then you never know when you get to heaven. When you get to heaven, you never know. Someone comes up to you. You know, there you're just enjoying Jesus and worshiping him, and, and you're kicking back with Apostle Paul, and you're saying, hey, you know, David and, and Abraham, and you're, and, um, you're singing Father Abraham to him, and, and then you're just having a, a wonderful time in, in heaven, and someone just, like, kind of taps you on the shoulder, and, and, um, and you're like, yeah, hi. Um, you're like, I'm in heaven because of you. you. Do you remember way back when you handed me a card? You didn't know what was going on in my life. I had a happy face on, but I was hurting in my heart. And, and, um, and during my lunch break, I watched a couple videos on my iPhone, and, and the gospel message was presented. The, the, the um, questions I had were answered, and I couldn't help but to bow my knee to Jesus Christ, and I did so um, in the break room. So thank you for being bold and courageous enough to hand me a card. You never know. Something like that can't happen. And, and so God wants to use us. God, God wants us to, to share his message with, with other people. I, I tell people, we're like male men and male women. We're just delivering the message. God's the one that converts. God's the one that, that changes lives. But let's be like Paul and just say, woe to me if I don't share this, this glorious message. Because this is the answer for, for, for people's problems. This is the solution for world's difficulties. This is, everybody wants world peace. They need to embrace the Prince of Peace. And that's where world peace will come. Not changing your name to world peace, by the way. But, but presenting the, the... You know someone did that, by the way, right? That's yeah. why like, yeah, some guy, uh, he used to be a Laker. Um, uh, yeah, changes yeah name to, to world peace. No, you, you embrace a prince of peace, and that's where peace comes to this world. Now, number four, the, the fourth point that, that Paul um, makes to, to the Corinthians for them to consider, um, he says in verse 12 that, that Paul preached that Jesus was raised from the dead. Paul preached that Jesus was raised from the, from the dead. That, that was his message. Notice that with me in verse 12. Paul said, now if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do so many amongst you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? So Paul is reminding them and saying, hey, I've come to you, Corinthians. You guys know this, and I know this. We all know this together. I've come to you many times, Corinthians, and I've preached this message. I've shared this message. I reiterate this message that Christ has been raised from the dead. We, we serve a risen Lord, and I've shared that. But, but what took place, as Paul um, mentions in verse 12, that, that some, some amongst you, there's some of you, there's a group of you, that you, now you are saying that there's no resurrection um, from, from the dead. Now, why is it? Why is it that, that there's, there's a small segment in this group setting, there's a small group of you saying that there's no resurrection from the dead? Well, what happened is that this, this small group, they've been influenced by, by the Greeks and, and the Sadducees' um, um, philosophy, the, the Greeks and the Sadducees, and the, they were sad, you see. Um, <laughs> but I'll tell you why, because you know, you have the wrong philosophy, you get depressed. You have no hope. You have no. You you see people that are depressed. They have no hope. You see people that that wanted like get that ended all. I'll show you someone that has no hope. 
And, and, and so they, they have to have hope and, and they, they, they have to have truth. And the Greeks and the Sadducees, they denied the physical resurrection of Jesus. They taught it's just all about the here and now. And you, you have a human being that just thinks about the here and now. That's pretty depressing. If you have one that just thinks about, hey, who has the most toys win, like that bumper sticker says, if you have that way, way of thinking, it, it, it's, it's depressing. Why is that depressing? Because the human's heart is never satisfied. The human heart is never satisfied until you're satisfied in him. Until you rest in him. Then when you rest in him, then your eyes are open, your soul as well. And you're able to say, all is well with my soul. I'm content because godliness brings contentment. That is great gain, by the way. People want like, I want a great gain in this world. You want great gain in this world and be satisfied, have peace, and, and just have fulfillment in this life. The secret is to rest in Jesus and, and pursue his godliness. That's why if for the rest of your life, if you never get a present or you never get anything, you're going to be okay. Why? Because you value relationship with the Lord and you value um, relationships with other people. And, and so Paul is one saying, saying, I share this message with you. Now it's unfortunate that, that, that there's a handful of you that you've been influenced by the Greeks and, and the Sadducees. So what did the Greeks and the Sadducees, and the Sadducees believe? Well, with the Greeks, they did not believe that, that, um, that people's bodies would be resurrected. They didn't believe that people's bodies would be resurrected um, af- after death. And, and, um, and they believed that people were depressed because their souls longed to be free from the body. And I shared this with you last week. That's why they say they, they, that phrase where they say, um, poor soul. Um, that came from the Greeks' um, way of thinking because they believe that the, the, the soul is like kicking and screaming, let me out, let me out, let me out. I want to get out of this body. I don't like that body. And, and so so there's always a war going on. And um, and so they believe that and they taught that. And so there's a segment of uh, the people in the Church of Corinth that believe that. And, and so... Um, the, the Sadducees, uh, there, there was another group of people that, that they influenced this small segment. And, and the Sadducees believed that, that eternity was just a wishful thinking, that there's, there's no heaven. There's just a wishful thinking and that you're just, when you die, you're done. You're just done. And, and so, so some of them were influenced with those two philosophies and it entered in, into the church. And so Paul is addressing it. And I love that about Paul. When there's non-truth, Paul addresses it. And there's times where you have to address truth. You're like, that's nonsense. That's not biblical. That, that's, that, that's not even true. And, and it's important to not be persuaded by philosophies that are not true. Do not be persuaded by philosophies that aren't true. Ask them the hard question, saying, where did you get that information? Could, could, could you stand on it? Is it valid? Is it proven true? And, and really the only document that has been proven true that's reliable are the scriptures. And the scriptures say that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. And, and um, Romans chapter 8, verse 11 says, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give you give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. And so it's important to, to have healthy doctrine because know this, bad doctrine produces a bad lifestyle. A bad lifestyle produces weird behaviors. And, and so it's important to have healthy doctrine. And that's when it's important to go through the Bible. And I love about um, this fellowship of Calvary Montclair. We are dedicated to go through books of the Bible, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, so we can know the whole counsel of God, so we can have healthy doctrine. Because those have healthy doctrine, you, you have a living hope. Your mind is, is based in truth, not nonsense. 
And so to know the word of God is just so important. And many people today, they don't want to believe in the resurrection. Many people to this day and age, they don't want to be, believe in the resurrection. You, you may say, why don't they want to believe in the resurrection? You know why they don't want to believe in the resurrection? I'll tell you why. They don't want to be accountable to their actions. They, 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 don't want, they don't want to believe that every knee shall bow, every tongue co- confess that, that Jesus Christ is Lord. They want to do whatever is clever, as long as it goes with the weather, and they don't want to be held accountable. That's just the way it is. So, so some, they, they could encourage people to, to um, forfeit their position and, 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 um, and manipulate them to do so. And they don't have a conscience. Why they don't have a conscience? Because they don't think that no one's going to call them on it. Hey, if I could get away with it and I have some people backing me, then I could do whatever I want to do. And, and there's no one that I'm going to give accountable to um, in, the, in the future. So, hey, I'm, I'm just going to wash my hands. Pilate did the same thing. And Pilate said, uh, oh, is there truth? And Jesus stood up, I am truth. And so there are absolute truths. And the truth is embodied in the person of Jesus. And that person will see Jesus. And, and he is the one that will bring truth to them. And so people will be accountable for all their actions. So no, those that people say, oh, they're just getting away with it. No, they're, here on earth, they may get away with it. Of course they may. But one day, judgment will happen. One day. And by the way, that person that wronged you, you could release them. You could release them. Because if you just hold on to them... Bitterness can happen within your heart. God doesn't want you to be bitter. But you're like, if I don't do justice, if I don't take matters into my own hands, they're going to get away with it. No, 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 no. They're not going to get away with it. Your father sees. Your father saw what they did to you. Your father saw them lying on that contract. Your father saw them uh, meeting with other people and presenting to you something that wasn't truthful. Your father saw that, and they're going to be called on the carpet one day. So rest there. Leave it into his hands. And then live life not having this burden um, upon your shoulder. So rest there. And so there, there is a day of accountability. Know that. Now, number five, the, the, the fifth perspective or the fifth point that Paul wanted to give over to, to the Corinthians for them to consider is Paul is encouraging them to use their logical reasoning. Paul is encouraging them to use their logical reasoning. And we see that in verses um, 13 through 17. 13 through 17. But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. Yes, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ whom he did not raise up. If in fact the dead do not rise. For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. So the, the Corinthian Christians, the Corinthian Christians just did not think it through. They just did, they didn't think it through and so Paul is encouraging them to think it through. And, and Paul pointed out that you can't have one one or the other. You 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 can't say okay, yeah, Jesus did raise from the from the dead and and, and I've been taught that and I believe that, but but yet the the physical body is not going to be be raised from 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 the dead or Christ body didn't get raised from the dead and Christians' bodies are going to be uh, raised from the dead. And so Paul is saying, think, think about it. Think about it. You, you can't be saying that there's no resurrection while Jesus, and Christ, Jesus himself was raised from the dead. So if Jesus was raised from the dead, you will be raised from the dead too. Um, not be, your soul is going to be going to heaven and your body somehow one day is going to um, be um, connected uh, with your soul. Now, I don't know how that's going to take place, but the Bible speaks about that, that that would be taking place. Um, I'm going to jump to uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. 
um, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 says, Brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant or about those who have fallen asleep or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus, and he rose again, and we believe that Jesus will, will bring uh, with those who have fallen asleep in him. So there's going to be that day when, when, when the body closes their, 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 their eyes to this world. The soul is going to depart to be with the Lord. And those who died first in Christ Jesus, they, they will be risen. And so somehow there's that mystery. And, and so theologians, they, they kick around this concept a lot. And they won't come to a conclusion because the Bible is not absolutely clear how that's going to take place. But there's going to be the day where, where the body and the soul will will reunite and, and we will be having this glorified body. Meanwhile, Paul is saying, I want you to think it through. It, it is logical that um, we are going to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and so people can have faith and people, people can be founded on truth. So Paul came to, to the Corinthians, wanted them to think logically. To, to think about it. We have, we have a day uh, a day and age where, where we have this person named C.S. Lewis. You guys have heard of the name C.S. Lewis? Um, he wrote a book called Mere Christianity. Mere Christianity. And he wanted people to use their, lo- their uh, logical uh, reasoning. Um, and he wrote that the historical Jesus did rise from the dead. And he did rise from the dead. And as he did rise from the dead, every human being is confronted with three facts. Either you have to think about if, uh, is Jesus a liar, or is he a lunatic, or is he Lord? Is he a liar, a lunatic, or, or Lord? And so if he's a, a liar, then everything that he said um, is not trustworthy. But see, that's not even true, because everything he said is trustworthy. And you have these many disciples that actually gave up their life. Actually, it was some were even crucified, and some were hung upside down, and some were, were burned. And, and, and so why, why would people die and give their life to, to lies? And then others will say, well, Jesus just was a lunatic. He was just crazy. He, he, he was just a madman. But that's not true, true either. Where we, we know that hundreds upon thousands of people have followed him, and they wouldn't follow a lunatic. And so um, Paul or C.S. Lewis wants people just to think about it, that Jesus must be Lord. And if Jesus um, is Lord, then we are called to bow our knee to the Lord Jesus Christ and to live for him because we know that Jesus is a man of truth, and he has risen indeed from the dead. Now, the Bible says in the book of John, chapter 11, verse 25, John, chapter 11, verse 25 says that Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life, and he who believes in me will live even though that they die. Even if they live, they, uh, if they die, they will live. And they will live because we know that Jesus has gone and prepared a place for them. And we have that as a hope. We, we know that as soon as a person, if, if they put their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, we know as soon as they close their eyes to the sword, they're going to see the Lord Jesus Christ. For the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So a person that, um, that their, their health is declining, and, and maybe um, you, you have had a, a family member where that has happened, and that's heartbreaking. That's heartbreaking to, to see a loved one that's just been strong and energetic, and we have all the, the, these memories of them just, just um, loving life, and now their, their, their body is, is deteriorating, and that, that could be hard. But then at the same time, um, we know where they're going. We know where they're going because Jesus said in the book of John, chapter 14, verse 1 through 3, Jesus said, 
do not let your heart be troubled. So as you are um, having a troubled heart, Jesus says, do not let your heart be troubled. Why shouldn't our hearts be troubled? Well, Jesus said, you believed in God. You also believe in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. And if it were not so, I wouldn't have told you. And I love this part. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. And where I am, there you may, may be also. Where I am, there you may be also. And so our loved one is with the Lord. And, and, and when we, are, our body, maybe this may happen, our bodies may be deteriorating, know that Jesus said, where I am, you will be with me also. Those words, you will be with me also, provides a, tr- a tremendous amount of hope. And you can have hope today. God wants you to have hope. And we have a living hope in the Lord. And so Paul um, also mentions in verse 18, this is the sixth point. The sixth point that Paul wanted them to consider, that we have a living hope. Notice with me in verse 18. Verse 18. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. So Paul is saying, if Jesus didn't rise from, from the dead, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, Corinthians, think about it. Think about it, Corinthians. If people didn't rise from the dead, then those who have fallen in, in sleep in Jesus or those that believed in Jesus, then they're going to perish. And Paul's saying, that's not true. We have a living hope. Paul's saying, if Christ did not rise from the dead, then, then all that died have no hope and there's no eternity for them. But that's not the case. That's not the case because Jesus died he, he, and he rose from the, ga- the, the grave and he went to heaven. And, and so our loved ones, they didn't, they didn't perish forever, but we get to be reunited with them. Isn't that wonderful to, to consider that one day we get to be reunited with our loved ones because of Jesus Christ. And so what makes heaven um, so beautiful is that, number one, we get to see our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that, that we get to see him face to face. We get to touch those hands that were pierced. We're going to see his hands that were pierced. Yeah, re- remember when after the resurrection where, where Jesus um, approached Thomas because Thomas doubted? Thomas was like, no, I don't, I don't think you, ra- you were raised from the dead, Jesus. And then um, then. Uh, Jesus told Thomas, hey, Tom. Yes, Jesus. Tom, come over here. And then uh, t- touch my hands. And, the, and, and you'll see my pierced hands. And so, so Jesus, after his resurrection, he still had those pierced hands. And then when we get to heaven too, you'll see those pierced hands too. And it will just humble you that, that my Jesus was pierced for my sin. My Jesus brought salvation to me. And so that's just going to provoke worship. And that's why night and day the Bible says that people worship him because they see that he's one that, that was the Lamb of God that, that was um, forsaken for us. And so we have a living hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. And this living hope, no one could ever take it away. No president, no governor, no, no city official can ever take this living hope out of your heart. You have that in the Lord. And then lastly, the, the seventh point that, that Paul wanted the people at Corinth to consider, we see this in verse 19, that the resurrection of Jesus is the center of our life. The resurrection of Jesus is the center of our life. Notice with me in verse 19. If in this life only we have hope in Christ... We are of all men the most pitiable. So if Christ was not resurrected, we of all people are more are the most miserable people to walk upon the face of the earth. But we know that Jesus did die. And because he did die, we have an opportunity to, to go to heaven and to be with the Lord. And because Jesus did die, we, we have heaven that we're looking forward to. Um, because Jesus died, we could have peace in the midst of storms here on earth. Because Jesus died, we could be reassured that our sins are forgiven. Because Jesus died, we know that death has been defeated, that the sting of death has 
has been um, defeated, we're not going to be stung with death because we're going to be risen um, with the Lord Jesus Christ. Our soul is going to be with the Lord and we are heaven bound. Because Jesus rose from the grave, we have hope. We're not miserable people, but we're joyful people. We're joyful people because we have hope and we're looking forward to heaven. And all this here on earth, it will be a big bad dream. <laughs> if you have had a lot of problems and you're, you have heaven to look forward to. So know this, beloved of the Lord, you're going to see Jesus, the maker of you, the one that loves you. And you get to embrace Jesus. You get to see those eyes of compassion. You, you get to touch those hands that will pierce for you. You, you. you get to hear him and you get to worship him in person. That is going to take place. The last verse I want to share with you is, is from the words of Jesus in John chapter 14, verse 19. And never forget these words. Jesus says, because I live, because I live, you will also live. Mm 